Never fear, the Rocketeer is here. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation, storytelling, and the virtues, whether literally or figuratively, of fighting Nazis and fascists in America. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva, and I'm also impressed by that. <laughs> that Ta-da! description, well done. That's how I'm linking these two subjects together. Today, as you may have guessed from our hook, we're talking about The Rocketeer. Um, tangentially, the 90s movie, but primarily the 2019 Disney Junior TV show of the same name. And whether you, sequel. whether you realize there was a 2019 series or not of The Rocketeer, if you didn't realize that The Rocketeer was back, you do now. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> yeah. Which, which I'm about. I only watched um, your homework, of course, and what I watched are the same. Uh, just the first episode, which was two kind of stories of The Rocketeer. Um so I haven't watched all of it, and I would like to see a little bit more to see how it plays out. But uh, I'm all about, like, I don't know how to phrase it. It sounds cheesy, but like morality tales. Because sometimes in modern America, it just feels like we need a very, like, beat you over the head morality tale. Hmm. Can you say a little bit more about that? Like, define morality tale for, for us in the way that you're thinking about it. Uh, I mean, longtime listeners know that I'm a, a longtime fan of the Hellboy comics. And like, over time uh, with the Hellboy comics, it just got more and more relevant um, to just the message of punching Nazis. <laughs> uh, and there aren't necessarily, at least in the first episode, Nazis in the Disney Junior TV show, The Rocketeer, <laughs> nor do I think there will be. <laughs> but I suspect that there will be um, some good morality where it's just cut and clear like who the villains are why they're villains why they're bad guys i think we get a bit of that in the first episode too um there's no gray area and while i like that in more middle-aged kids and like all ages animation um i think it's fine for disney junior tv to just be like these are the bad guys don't be like them here's why well i think it it strikes at, and we're getting a little bit deeper, but hopefully we're like <laughs> big level good versus evil. But I think it's really good for younger audiences to understand um, what's going on with a hero and what it takes to be a hero. And the only way to really investigate a hero without dismantling that hero you know, without like taking apart what makes that hero a hero totally is to give them people that are not like the hero automatically. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I would think of, you know, 60s Batman, where it's like hero villains and then the hero is pure and good or Superman for that level. You have a hero who is um, charged with being a Boy Scout. And so people have an issue with, well, how do you write somebody who is good and moral and doesn't have um, evil parts of himself, so to speak? 
But how do you make that interesting? What is his real battle? It's, and I think you get into that here with the Rocketeer of what is this hero fighting for and why are they fighting and what are they growing into? And here, literally, the Rocketeer is a child who is growing up. So I think it's a nice advantage of not just like adult Superman grappling with morality and what it is to be good. It's like, I think the overarching plot is going to be the heroes learning how to be human and growing up and like being good. Like, not just like what it means to be good, but just how to be good. How do we do that? And because it's with... Disney Junior, the audience is skewing a lot younger, too. I think it has more in line with something like Doc McStuffins more than Superman um, in that way. I think it's in very much, in some ways, the Rocketeer in the original film in 1991 was Disney's first foray into comic book movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this was before they got into Dick Tracy, which was their other 90s comic book movie. Um, so it's post Tim Burton Batman, but it's Disney's slash Touchstone's first foray into for foray into um, comic books. And for that, it's a really it's. What am I trying to say? I don't know. The original is like ahead of its time? In some ways it was, but in some ways it also had a very clear and focused, since it took place in the 1930s, you know, it took place in 1938, has very clear, these are who the bad guys are. So and it, it gives you a very Captain America-esque hero, who it's a good guy, trying to do the right thing, small town, big heart character who's trying to do the right thing, um, who ends up not with a superpower, but with the tools to be able to act on what's already there. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's it's not, the, the first Rocketeer isn't in a world of like, metahumans and superpowers it's just a uh, a character who with a story set in america's heartland air quotes um <laughs> but not sarcastic air quotes and also los angeles <laughs> is it los angeles also part of it is in los angeles yeah okay see this is my i haven't seen the movie i'm just going off of the 2019 disney Junior <laughs> tv show <laughs> um but it's taking it's visually showing you something that is shorthand, especially in the early 90s for like what's good and pure about America and like taking an everyman hero from there and just giving him the ability to act on what's inside. Yes. Thank you. That was better than what I said. I have lots to say about the setting and why it excites me for Disney Junior too, but I can hold on that for now. Um, but it's... I don't know. I, I like looking at like what is used in pop culture over time. And there's definitely been a trend. Um, there was like the heartland small town, like eighties, first half of nineties stuff to like more suburban um, 
settings in cartoons like Powerpuff Girls is very suburban, like late 90s, 2000s, Kids Next Door, it's all very suburbia. Mm -hmm. And then I think recently we're getting a lot more like urban cartoons, which are very exciting in the 90s when they were rare, like Hey Arnold. Um, And now we have stuff like DuckTales takes place in Duckburg, which is like this urban environment, lots of stuff to do and lots of interesting adventures to get into. Um, And it's just... It's not necessarily groundbreaking, but it's refreshing to turn on the first episode of the Rocketeer. Like, oh, look, cornfields and like old school trucks, like Art Deco style. Yeah. You don't see this in cartoons right now. Mm-mm. This is a very interesting choice. It looks very different than everything else. You know, there's not a there's not a backyard. You know, like Doc McStuffins <laughs> in her home coming out to her backyard where she's in some ways playing make-believe, but in some ways has magic. Um, It's very much of, hey, this is my town. This is my community. I don't think so far, I think there's been only one time where we've really seen the main character's home. Um, Hmm. So, or maybe just a few times. But that's, but we've seen the city square, you know, the, where the there's a statue of the Rocketeer, the original Rocketeer, which that statue is amazing. Like I want, I want that statue for my desk, like a little miniature <laughs> version version of that statue. That's the style of it is perfect. <laughs> like yeah. everything about it that immediately is. evokes like original Rocketeer. You can look at it and go like that's the original Rocketeer, but also animated. And I can't wait for the flashback episode. We probably will have to wait till like season two or something like that. I know, I know. So can't do it all in season one, right? <laughs> so to talk through this, let's. What do I want to say? Let's start with Rocketeer, nineteen ninety one, just to give us an idea of what was going on there. In Rocketeer, nineteen ninety one, as we said, set in nineteen thirty eight, Cliff Secord, who's a pilot with the hair that I always wanted as a kid, which was like. <laughs> 1930s white guy hair, which is just like this parted in the middle flat, but my hair is too curly and wavy. So it just, it puffs out. Um, Oh no, your hair is way better than that. I'm sorry you ever aspired to that. I'm sorry, but like Ewan McGregor and Moulin Rouge, like that kind of hair, Billy Campbell and Rocketeer, like that's the hair I've dreamed of having as a kid. I'm not sure exactly why. Um, Anyway, moving on from whatever that was, uh, Cliff Secord <laughs> lives in a small town. Um, is a pilot, probably greater pilot than than he is allowed to be. Gets a his hands on a rocket from a crate that ends up being um, stolen from Howard Hughes, and we find out that the Nazis are trying to steal the plans for this rocket and get their hands on the rocket so they can figure out how to make it and basically make Mandalorians um, that are just this warlike culture of Nazis flying everywhere. Not to equate Mandalorians with, you know, Nazis. I'm just saying, like, that's it's a very spooky animated film that happens in 1991 uh, version. <laughs> of the Nazi dream of the their rocketeers taking over the world and winning World War II. 
It's really cool and scary. But it's <laughs> that's what we get in 1991. We get Hollywood. We get um, dashing heroes. We get one of the people who's a villain. Um, we get just high-flying adventure, quite literally, even though Billy Campbell was afraid of flying, um, <laughs> which I think is one of the best stories of the original Rocketeer. So wait, you're scared of flying... And you're playing this character with a jetpack strapped on your back. Okay. <laughs> so what do we get in 2019, The Rocketeer for Disney Junior, Mackenzie? Well, in 2019, you get um, Kit Secord, a 70-year-old girl um, who is the, let me, math, family math, the great-granddaughter? No. Yeah, great-granddaughter? I believe so. Or great-great-granddaughter. I think just great-granddaughter. I think it's great-granddaughter. Of Cliff, um, who they don't know was the Rocketeer, question mark? They don't know. They don't know. It, they kind of like reveal it, but no one really remarks on it in the first episode. <laughs> um, so she's the great-granddaughter. Uh, her parents do stuff in uh, this small-town America, her mom uh, owns and runs the Bulldog Cafe, which I gather is from the movie. Yes, it is. It's a very famous but Way location. more stylized. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then her grandfather uh, takes the place of her mechanic and sidekick who like has like this air hanger and does repairs. Very like Star Wars Resistance style. Um, <laughs> and it's her birthday in the first episode. And she receives a mysterious package to the cafe addressed to her. It just contains the helmet of the Rocketeer. And she goes around trying to figure out what this is, and she shows it to Grandpa, and Grandpa says, Ah, I didn't know what to do, uh, but my father, your great-grandfather, left this crate and said not to open it till someone comes here with this helmet. So that's the point where it's clear to me, like, great-grandpa was the Rocketeer, but they don't really remark on it. They're just like, Ah, you're the Rocketeer now. Uh, you have the uniform and helmet and stuff. And he modifies it uh, and makes it, more modern rather than like 1938. Um, <clears throat> and so we have this young girl who really wants to fly and go to flight school and now has the ability to fly with a jetpack and trying to be patient and be responsible with it until she can really learn how to use it. But also knowing when is the time to act to be a hero because what she has is the one thing that's needed in that moment. Right. And it's not <clears throat> just always the jetpack. She's the one who recognizes that there's something that needs to be done and she doesn't care, but she also has the willingness to go do it. Yeah. Not necessarily impatience. It's very clear showing you like, this is not her being impatient and wanting to show off. This is her knowing that she's to break the rules. And I like that they make a moment of it too. Hmm. The, uh, I'm sorry. I had to borrow this without permission when she comes back and grandpa says like, that's okay. You had to do what was right. I understand. Right. Because he's it's trying like, to... It's okay to do this bad thing because you had a good reason and the person you did the bad thing to understands. <laughs> Disney Junior message, great. Beat over that the stick morality tale. I'm for it. <laughs> for the purpose of the show, we had to steal this, but here's why it's okay. And you will get better. We will train you and you will start using it. It's obvious that 
you have what you need to use it the right way. You're not out joyriding and just doing it for your own gain. You were trying to save your dad's life. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I I left that part out. It was her dad's life. Yeah. Yeah. For anything else. It wasn't like, and that's the cool thing is she gets for her birthday. She thinks it's flying lessons, but it turns out to be that she's getting tickets to go see her dad in an air show. Which, as they say, this hasn't been done since the 1940s. That's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. I just love that announcer. Like, this is a long time ago. But also as an adult, you're like, yeah, of course you got tickets to the flight show. That's a much more affordable and safe thing than giving a seven-year-old like flight school lessons. Which I gather she gets into later in the show. But <laughs> of some <laughs> for the kind. premiere episode, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I understand as a as a parent that sometimes your kids see what you're doing and try to emulate that in whatever way they they can, whether it's mm-hmm. um, writing or drawing or dancing. Jack, my son, who's seven, has started to see and do and try to emulate. It's just unfortunate that her dad's a pilot because um, that's just more that's that's just cooler than what my son sees. Um, <laughs> you don't know that. No, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> and he does love planes, too. So kids love planes and flying. If I could have been flying as a kid, like, that that would be great. I was 12. Was I 12? Yes, I was. No. How old was I in 1991? 12. Yes. No. Yes. Yes, I was 12 years old. And I really wanted a jetpack. I remember drawing a lot of Rocketeer fan art in my in my books. Um, it that mask is just so cool. Like that, costume. it is very cool. Like, and I like that they. While the show is very different than the original movie, as we've talked about, um, they capture it. I mean, again, not having seen the original movie, it feels like a a good spiritual successor that plays off of what the first piece of the cinematic universe had to contribute. And the setting really borrows a lot from the design of the movie. It does. There's a, um, let's see, where is it? Uh, Nicole Dubuc, Dubuc. I'm sorry, Nicole. I'm very sorry about your last name mispronouncing it. Um, who developed the show There was a quote from her about the style where she said, quote, we've adopted a style we call steam pop. It's like steampunk, but softened for preschool. Uh, We've gone a little bit with the Art Deco style. We love the original style and wanted to nod to that in our show, uh, end quote, which I think they've done a fabulous job of. They've taken the original mask, kept what they needed of it, and did what they had to do for a preschool show, which is show the main character's face. Um, you, you have to do that um, because you can, because it can actually be her. You don't need a stunt performer. Uh, so you can show her face, but also in the rest of the costume, add some really neat lines and designs, but make it modern 
um, but still feel like it's something out of Art Deco. Like she looks like the Rocketeer when she's wearing yeah. that whole costume. You don't doubt that. You- yeah, it's definitely softened, but I love it. I think that we've had a need for steam pop and culture for a while. It's like not as extreme, but it's almost if like Lisa Frank did steampunk. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of putting it. But Which is not a bad thing. No. Like I wanted to qualify that. Like it's cool. Like I have no problem with the the nice um solid rich pink of her costume. Yeah. Like it's not a it's not a pink that you would be like, "Oh, that's just frilly or something." It's like a nice solid rich pink and it and the silver that goes along with it just works in a really nice way too it's not like a 1930s color palette but it's what i would call like a grandma pink it's like that late 50s early 60s like pink and silver house decoration style like you go to like a grandma house you're like ah that's the pink that the walls are here which again is not a bad thing but it's a shorthand for like look at this thing that references old stuff but is also still pink right and to think that it's her grandfather who's like let me build this so it's like that an interesting generational thing so it's the grandfather interpreting his father's stuff for his granddaughter so like it's it's a different way so it's not totally what a young kid would design Mm -hmm. but it's something it's like a we've made this for you from what we've collected and now we're handing this down to you. So it fits her perfectly, but it's not quite something like, it's not a, I drew this and this is what I want. Grandpa. It's something that she got. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I love the design of this show so much. I love that the Art Deco signs around town have like the Rocketeer movie poster logo, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me talk about the small town because this is, I already mentioned how it's kind of rare to see small town animations. It's refreshing. Um, this is like the small town that I would want to live in. Mm. Say it's it's got more a fine. It's got a fine economy going. It's not like this beat down, rundown thing. It's optimistic. It's Art Deco, um, but it's also diverse. It acknowledges technology, because I I caught the habibi that Kit's mom gave her. Like, oh, so you're some kind of American Middle Eastern descent. They'll probably get into that later. But I'm like, yeah, they do. And a later episode, they have their food that Grandma used to make because she's um, part Lebanese. <sighs> yes, uh, I would love to live in Lebanese American small town. Yeah. So much good food. Where the where the comfort food ice cream restaurant, you know, is owned by <laughs> a Lebanese woman, you know. It's like, yeah, you go. And it's also like the one of the first shots is like it sh- it's she's watching a video of the Rocketeer right in the first episode. Right, right. At the very beginning. And it like zooms out and she's watching it on her iPad. Like, yes, give me technology in the small town. Right, because it looks like a newsreel. Because it comes on, you know, in a sputtering projector kind of feeling. <laughs> Rocketeer, Hughesville, blah, blah, blah. Like, 
uh, our new hero. And then it just totally takes that from you. It's like, no, she's just watching the YouTube version of this newsreel. She's just. Yes. Uh, I love it. It's not. It's not trying to play into like small town stereotypes. It's imagining the reality of like a modern small town, um, but in an optimistic way. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like for the message that they're trying to go after, the audience are trying to go after. It's, um, it's not trying to talk down to like the rural American kid who watches his show. Mm-hmm. Which I think is good. You shouldn't have to talk down to that. You should expect that all kids have the same capacity for intelligence and growth, no matter where you are. Some of them might be more interested in a show or another because they're young and they just like things that are familiar to them. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And, I mean, Jack, who's, I mean, he's never lived in a small town. Um, I mean, one of his great-grandfathers lives in a lived in a town that was like 150 people. We're in this small town, mm-hmm. um, literally one stoplight. Um, it's where they filmed Mars Attacks, the Tim Burton film. Sounds movie. right. So, I mean, it's literally where they filmed that. <laughs> they, this this town couldn't bother to change the fake sign that they made for that movie. Like that sign was still out there decades after the the movie. So, like they're like, eh, we'll just leave it there. But. Um, but he, after watching this first episode, I was like, "Come, come to dinner. Let's let's go have dinner." And he wouldn't come into the living room. He wouldn't come to the kitchen from the living room. And then a few minutes later, he came running in. I was like, "What were you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I was just adding that to my favorites on Disney Now." It's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so <laughs> he had watched one episode. It's like, "Yeah, let me let me." Add this to my favorites on the Disney Now app. This goes to the sacred favorites list, which is a pain to scroll through because you can only really have like five favorites and not be annoyed by it. (laughs) It's a big commitment. It is. I mean, it's like, look, we have DuckTales, we have Bluey, we have, it's like, here we go. I'm putting the Rocketeer on here. Um, And instead of having to watch, uh, oh gosh, an episode of Pokemon or something, today he has to watch another Rocketeer. So we watched some more Rocketeer and he's in it. He, nice. he gets it and he's excited about it. And um, I like the development of this superhero that they're building. Each episode is kind of giving her and her friends, especially Tesh, um, they're, her, they're growing as heroes in a sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of see in the opening credits, the opening, um, the show opening of where we're going to be when they fully come into it, like crazy vehicles and all this other stuff and the ability to fly really fast. And this first season is probably about them getting to that point. Mm-hmm. And then the second season will be darker as it's all collapses and the Nazis <laughs> come back or something. Uh. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind a message of, like, punching literal Nazis in the Rocketeer, but I just feel like they're not going to get there, and that's okay. I don't want them to. Because they, yeah, they can have stereotypical villains who are literally Nazis and, like, not have to introduce things that are too relevant. 
I mean, to the kids show. I mean, right now they have a few villains who are literal thieves, liars, um, people who, let's see, they had one who dressed up in, in a disguise and tricked her and then stole money from the cafe. And it's like, oh, there's a fraud. That guy's a fraud and he dresses up in costumes. And um, there's these other ones who are, who steal something. And a great detail is one of them has a tag still on their hat that they wear. <laughs> yes, I love, I love that. It's just like, oh, it's just a teeny <clears throat> little detail, but it says everything. I've only seen, of course, since I watched the first episode, the Lauren and Harley, who are the the two thieves. Which is very are, much Laurel and Hardy, essentially. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Laurel and Hardy, but as women who are thieves, which I'm into. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, shoot. Where was I going with that? Oh, I love that at least their first plan is just like the blues clues of thievery. <laughs> right. We're going to steal jewels from this jewel shop. And for that, we need to steal a ladder from this window washer, <laughs> a fishing rod from a local fisherman, and a dustbuster so we can lower the fishing rod with the dustbuster attached through the skylight into the jewel shop to suck up the jewels. Like, this doesn't make any sense. And I love it. This is a perfect, like, rocketeer plot. They had a... Um... They have another one where they go to a. <laughs> they have an air show to um, earn money to save the statue. Because, um, Laurel and Harley like crash into it with a chicken van. It's, <laughs> it's a, the opening moments is really striking because Jack's like, I I can't go to bed. I need to know what what's going on with that chicken car. I'm like, okay. they crash into the rocketeer statue it destroys it and the mayor's like we don't have the money to fix it sorry um feels bad about it because that's like the heart and soul of this town and so kit decides let's have a air show and we'll collect money for it and laurel and harley are like you know we're gonna we're gonna rob that air show we're going to steal all the money, but we need a few things. So they go out and they start taking like, you see somebody doing something like cleaning their laundry and then the thing is missing and they've put a cement block, like instead of the guy's underwear that he just hung up. Now there's a cement block <laughs> hanging there on the clothesline. They've just replaced everything with cement blocks that they've stolen. <sighs> and their plan is to go around with Laurel in this stroller that they've made, pretending to be a baby and robbing the different places of all their money. Like, that's a large baby, is what people keep saying. Oh, my God. I just love how ridiculous and inept, but it's totally the threat that a young child would be like, hey, no. Like, we, we need... Missions and mysteries that a kid in the audience would be like, I see what they're up to. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's you could say they're to. they're bad and they're clearly immoral, but you can also laugh at it. Right. And not sympathize with them, unlike the cast of uh, my favorite TV show. Uh, if you idolize them, you're doing it wrong. Uh, Rick from Rick and Morty. The Breaking Bad guy, you know, like the the stock inventory of people, who, characters from TV shows that you shouldn't like, but people do. Right. 
Like, no, no, the message is not to be like them. Like, enjoy yeah. their arc, but don't, like, emulate them. And that message is missed. But you can't miss that message with Rocketeer. So they're doing it right. Right. You always side with Kit and Tesh. Mm-hmm. Like, you're always on their side. I do appreciate there's also one episode where Tesh is trying to keep up on his bike. With I've, I've had to watch a lot of them. Um, <laughs> as I said, he put it in his favorites. Um, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited about it. But Tesh tries to get his bike. He can't keep up. Um, he's... He has his walkie-talkie because he's ground control for the Rocketeer. So he's carrying his his walkie-talkie. He also has a map um, and he has some other stuff with him. He has like a juice box and everything, He some rope. And he just keeps losing everything and he drops stuff and he's like, no, I have to do better. So he kind of s- tries to soup up his bike and he like connects the walkie-talkie. He's like, I have a communication center and it's a... Uh, huge rubber band that's holding his phone on and he's taped this thing of like (laughs) juice onto his back that's like thermos cooler uh you know like they have at soccer games like those like he strapped that on the back of his bike and he's like i got this all set and (laughs) he's ready to go Um, and then it just falls apart of course and he's just like i want to be good he's like i just want to keep up and i just want to be a hero in my own right and he, and he can't think of a good hero name. And then by the end of the episode, his hero name becomes essentially ground control. He's like, oh, it's fine. That's who I am. I'm ground control. And he has a cool Aww. bike. It's really cool stuff. That's really cute. I like it. I love it when the sidekicks in superhero shows like get identities in their own right, like Oracle style, but without being Batgirl and getting paralyzed. If that makes sense. It makes sense. It just makes me laugh. <laughs> I just You can have a lesson. You could still be a hero and not be the hero. Right. But without having to go through something traumatic first. That's right. And I do enjoy that there isn't trauma that she's dealing with to make her become. It's just like, here's a gift for you. This is yours now. You know, here's your, if you want to choose it, like she's ready for it. And I hope that later on, maybe we'll find out who sent her the helmet, who's had the helmet this whole time. It'd be interesting because it was addressed to her, not like the great grandchild of. Right. It was right. Kit, who I keep thinking Mm -hmm. of Cloud Kicker. So, but that's DuckTales season three. Oh, okay. Kit Cloud Kicker of Tailspin fame. I didn't watch enough Tailspin, at least recently enough. Okay. It'll come back to me once DuckTales does their episode. I'll get there. <laughs> uh, so I think throughout this uh, our talk, we've talked a lot about the difference between the original and this show, but how they're spiritually the same. Um, and this was surprising to a lot of people, like reviewing and breaking the news, like the Rocketeer is coming back as a Disney Junior TV show, question mark, dot, dot, dot. Uh, that was basically the title of every news story about this. Yeah, I, I when I was when looking I through it. it too, it was uh, there. Were, it's coming back, and she's going to be African American. It's going to be a sequel, and it's going to be this, and and then it's like, oh, it's Disney Junior show. Yeah, 
And I, I feel like the same reaction is like if we could have Collider and Kotaku in the 80s, uh, you would have had the same stories for like the Muppets are coming back as a Saturday morning cartoon show for babies starring baby Muppets. <laughs> like it would have been the same reaction, but now you just take that for granted in the Muppet universe. Like that's just a thing. The Muppet babies are there. They're great. They're a good like age I don't know what I'm going. I was going for a word, an age bridge of Muppethood. Mm-hmm. That, 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 thank you for mm-hmm with a question mark. That doesn't make sense. I know. No, no, it does make sense because <laughs> it's a, it's a ramp. It's a ramp because it's something that parents probably want to share with their children, but children may not be ready for the Muppet show or, or even for the Muppet movie. And most of the jokes might go over their heads, but here's something you're like training wheels to your Muppet fandom, and it's called Muppet Babies. So here, and I think that we will see more. Yeah, so it's like here, people who love Rocketeer, which it's not, it didn't do as well in theaters as they did. Otherwise, we'd probably have sequels and other things a lot sooner than, you know, thirty years later. Almost thirty years. <laughs> um. But much like how Muppet Babies led to Muppets Tonight and like more Muppet stuff in the 90s, if Rocketeer is a success and leaves an impression on children adding it to the Disney Now favorites list, those kids grow up and you're going to have more Rocketeer later. Um, I don't think any of these news articles about the new Rocketeer show were angry. They were just kind of like confused. Like, this is not what I expected or what I personally wanted as a Rocketeer fan. And I'm not accusing any of these reviewers of this, but I think there's a, a a trend nowadays that if a new version of a property isn't for you, a lot of people in the world will get very mad about it and just say it's bad. But what they mean is this isn't what I wanted. Right. You didn't construct but, a new version of it for me, which I wanted more of it. And I'm, the world is getting more, but I'm not the audience. But the world getting more means a new generation getting introduced to a new thing, which is only good for you in the long run. So maybe don't be mad about the world not being built around you. Right. You can. Sh- and again, I didn't see anyone doing this with the Rocketeer. Right. I think people. Preemptively. I think the feeling is a lot more of surprise of how we got from a movie about Nazis and fighting Nazis <laughs> to a young girl in in a rocketeer outfit flying through the skies of her rural community fighting crime it's like where where is that bridge you know how did we mentally get there and why is that the one that disney said you know out of all these possibilities of doing another tv series over here of doing a live action this of doing you know, an animated film over here. Let's go ahead and do a Disney Junior series with 11-minute episodes. And it works because it it takes so much from the original and it's, it, it's like beyond being directly connected plot-wise with what they reference in the descendant of characters, like the character arcs and themes are the same as we talked about. Learning to be a hero and kind of representing like this 
small town heart and like what that means for you when you are becoming a hero. It borrows the production design. Um, it is kind of a, a more simple morality tale about like what it means to be good. It's 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 all there. It makes sense once you've seen it. And like, oh yeah, I get it. And what I do also appreciate is you don't have to have backstory to understand her and why this person's amazing. You get about maybe a minute of explanation of our hero, the Rocketeer. You see the Rocketeer make one rescue of somebody in a plane and land. You're like, oh, I see. It's a it's a person with a jetpack who can save people who need help. Done. <laughs> like that's it. That's yeah. The concept of rocketeer is you're done. It's like person in jetpack able to save the day. It, Name says it all. It's flight. You know, the rocketeer doesn't even have a gun or doesn't have a weapon or anything. It's just them with a jetpack. Like there's nothing extra that the Rocketeer has. Yeah. It's it's not it's not the mask that makes the hero. Which is talked about in a later episode. Oh, okay. Well, you've just seen all of them. I get it. Fine. Yeah, no, but that's the point. That's the point. <laughs> it's not the outfit. It's not because she loses um somebody takes the the mask from her and she is able to stop them even without that and the rocket she's able to to do it and her grandfather's like because it wasn't about that it's about you how very spider-man too yeah it's really good and it was it was the villain um i think voiced by maurice lamarche who uh was dressed up and trying to like Fool people by dressing up. It's like, see, he was bad, and his clothes clothes didn't make him bad. It just it was his actions, you know. Mm. It's your ah, oh, that's such a good message. I love it. Yeah, it's really strong. It's like the anti eighties nineties animation message, right? These characters are street thugs, and they're bad. Like, no, that's not the point. That's not what the that message should be. <laughs> Thanks, GI Joe. Oh. Anyway, uh, is there anything else we should say about the Rocketeer? Well, I am thankfully excited to see more because I know there is more (laughs) in my future. So if you are like me uh, during this interesting time in our world, looking for something for your kids to enjoy that is um, wholesome without being saccharine and fun and exciting and you want to introduce them into concepts of being a superhero without watching something that's not age appropriate the rocketeer is all of those things and more well said that should be like the blurb on the poster for the show (laughs) but probably shorter (laughs) (laughs) uh do you have a favorite thing of the rocketeer one of my favorite things uh other than the Rocketeer statue itself and just Googling to see if that actually was something I could buy. Um, (laughs) 
was it's it's really esoteric. Um, there's they're at the air show in the first episode, and um, the plane is having trouble. You know, there's smoke coming out of it, and it looks like something's going on with the propeller. And the announcer, everyone's like, "Oh gosh, is something wrong?" And he's like, "No, it's just some turbulence. Looks like he has some turbulence, but don't worry, folks." It's all part of the show, which for Rocketeer fans is something that happens the first time the original Rocketeer has to be in costume and save somebody at an air show, um, fly up to a plane, like, don't worry, folks, it's all part of the show. And I was like, that shows me that they know what they're doing and they, they respect the original and they're doing their own take on it. Um, mm-hmm. Also saving things with gum because that is a very that's a moment in the rocketeer as well it's a very rocketeer thing to do the mechanic like puts gum over a hole on the rocketeers like a bullet hole that gets on the pack and puts some gum on it like you're fine go ahead go take off (laughs) i'm like okay they they've watched the movie enough and they're giving people who know they're saying here you go here's a little bit for you Hmm. What about you? My favorite thing. Um, I think I've talked about a lot already. Is just the the refreshing small town aesthetic, but being realistic and optimistic about it. It's just it's such a nice refreshing view, and it's like the world that I want to live in, where it's not like homogenous in all of our shows, where everyone lives in the same like unnamed urban landscape. Hmm. But also, I've just been spending a lot of time in, like, small-town coastal California. And I was just in Marfa, Texas recently, which I know is, like, not ideal small-town. It's, like, hipster Brooklyn artist small-town. But I liked it, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Shall we talk uh, homework time? Let's. For next time... Uh, speaking of 90s, we are going to talk about Quack Pack, both the show and the episode of the DuckTales reboot. So please watch of the Quack Pack show, season one, well, the only season, episode 15, Unusual Suspects, and uh, watch the DuckTales reboot, season three, episode two, titled Quack Pack. You can get Quack Quack Pack. You can get Quack Pack. You can get two episodes of Quack Pack. Is what I was gonna try to say, but I combined it all. You can get two episodes of Quack Pack on Disney Plus. So if you haven't signed up for Disney Plus, do the trial, watch Quack Pack, and then just keep paying for it because it's worth it. We're gonna keep assigning homework for it, <laughs> right? We should be getting paid at this point, right? Is there like a referral program? We should do that. We need to. We need to look into that. As okay. always, we want to say thank you to Nigel Coutinho, our sound engineer, and thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music. You can find us on Twitter at WG Animated and find all of our show notes um, and links to stuff we talk about on writersgetanimated.podbean.com. I do want her to say at some point, got a jet, and then, but she hasn't said that yet. Never fear, audience. The end of the episode is here. (laughs) Good night, everybody. (laughs) 